0: Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit
1: leaders. And
0: now, Leadership Matters.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm David Tolbert, and I will be your host for this special edition of Leadership Matters. I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, where Rudolph Johnson III is the president and CEO, and Tyrone Matthews is the board chair. Our mission is to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Our vision, healthy and educated communities where dreams become reality. We hope today's episode, and every episode, of Leadership Matters offers value-added and thought-provoking ideas for advancing, emerging, and current leaders. Today, two of our Leadership Matters hosts, Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard, will be joining me as special guests to talk about the, the topic, Successfully Advancing Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Initiatives and Change Commitments. Uh, we invite you to join the conversation today by emailing or calling in. Email us at leadershipmattersquestions at or you can call in to one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. So to get started, first off, I want to thank Dr. White and Dr. Howard for uh, giving me this opportunity, and welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm glad to have you here today, David.
1: Thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity. With you two now being guests, it's your chance to answer some questions. So why don't we go ahead and get started? Uh, To help us all gain an understanding of the perspective you bring, would you both tell us a little bit about yourselves and your connection to this topic? Dr. Howard, I've kindly been asked for you to go first by Dr. White. Okay, excellent. Well, thanks again, David,
3: for having me. Um, um, so I am with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities. Um, we are a strategic action network. Um, really, we work with uh, our members who are uh, primarily nonprofit, uh, human-serving organizations across the country. Uh work with uh, 400-plus organizations um, and really uh, helping them to meet their own respective mission is kind of our focus. And so we provide a consortium of uh, resources uh, uh, and ideas and, and really ways to uh, help uh, incubate um, uh, and, and aggregate knowledge and data uh, for anything that's really important um, as we think about our impact areas. And our impact areas of the Alliance are focused on health, education, economic opportunities, and personal safety well-being. Uh, and within those impact areas, we have been very strategically intentional about making sure that each of those areas have a lens of equity that's focused within those impact areas. And so I am um, privileged to work with uh, some great colleagues uh, here at the Alliance who are focused in on those uh, arenas. Um, and I really help in a way that uh, just makes sure that whatever we deliver through those impact areas, health education, economic opportunity, personal well-being, and safety, that it has an equ- uh, equity lens attached to it. So, which really brings me to my role, which is the equity, diversity, inclusion, uh, and leadership uh, senior director here at the Alliance. And so, I've been with the Alliance probably, I'm dating myself now, for about 13-plus years, and um, I have had various roles over the years, uh, primarily uh, with a focus on leadership uh, and content development around our conference spaces, around convening special uh, functional groups, whether it be CFOs or CEOs or COOs, um, as well as running something called the Executive Leadership Institute with our university partner, um, University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Uh, and so I've had a robust role in leadership development and really preparing uh, leaders in our network um, to handle those adaptive challenges. And I probably feel that role probably uh, seven years plus And really, uh, you know, I, I think back, Dr. White and I, uh, years ago, uh, did something called the Advance, which was, which was really focused on cultural competency. And so, um, you know, as we thought about diversity, inclusion, cultural competency, equity, um, in many ways we've always had that, uh, tone uh, in everything that we delivered. We really accentuated that prospect of EDI probably over these last couple of years uh, and really made an intentional um, uh, attempt to make sure that whatever we do, it has an equity lens attached to it. And so I've been enjoying work around leading our equity work. Uh, we have done a number of um, uh, of, of e-courses, uh, that provides education to our network we have captured best videos best practice promise organizations such as uh, United Neighborhood Centers of, of San Diego as well as others across the country in terms of some of the, the great work they're doing in equity space uh, to lift that work up and to share broadly ab- across our network um, we have uh, engaged in partnerships with ex- uh, American Express which hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you more about in terms of driving EDI and uh, creating these cultural um, uh, organizations specific to being ready for EDI, uh, and just a host of other kinds of things we've been able to do to include presentations, workshop development, conference planning, um, and just making sure people understand that the EDI prospect has to be a natural part of what we do as human-serving sector leaders uh, within our organizations and communities in a very natural and authentic way. So it's really been my, my big push over these last several years Uh, as I've
1: held this title, and so again, just glad to be here and to uh, join in on the conversation. That sounds great. Sounds great. Uh, Dr. White, you can go ahead and tell us about yourself and your connection to this topic.
2: Great. Uh, Thank you, David. But before I go, I want to again welcome you to Leadership Matters and congratulate you for being our host for today. And also would uh, love to have you as our host. David is one of our interns, our college interns here. We have about 30 uh, summer interns and uh, just uh, delighted to have David as one of those interns and having him uh, share uh, maybe your story a little bit before we get going into my maybe sharing a little bit more about myself.
1: Okay, I'll I'll share a little bit about myself. Um, yes, I'm an intern here at Neighborhood House. Um, this is my third year interning here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be a college senior at the University of San Diego. Um, I've definitely enjoyed my time over there. Uh, a lot of family down here, so I get to see them not too far from home, um, as I'm originally from Los Angeles. Um, At University of San Diego, a communication studies major, Um, also a student athlete as I'm uh, on the football team. So um, I definitely want to use this as an opportunity to learn a little bit more about, you know, the radio field and uh, get a chance to host and learn from from you too and Let's kind of landing the ropes a little bit.
2: Wonderful! It's just a pleasure to have you with us as host. And um, you know, one thing that I uh, that you didn't mention, but I'll mention, because I know many individuals may know your um, grandfather, the late Howard Carey. Uh, David is the grandson of our uh, previous uh, CEO, who was with us for I want to say thirty five years. He was uh, here with the Neighborhood House Association. So. Um, Great, uh, strong um, family ties, uh, I'd say, to our organization, and we just um, welcome you and say um, best to you with your majoring in communication and all of your other um, efforts um, through college and there beyond.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate yeah. that.
2: Mhm. So I am Cheryl White in a different seat today. I'll share that I'm a cultural psychologist, and as a cultural psychologist, you know we look at how the environment impacts the way a person thinks and behaves, uh, which fits uh, very nicely into much of the work um, that I do around uh, leadership development, as well as helping organizations be intentional about the workplace culture and what's necessary in order to um, create a culture that's going to support advancing the organization's um, strategic initiative toward its vision. I've been with the Neighborhood House for 10 years. Uh, It's been a pleasure to work under the leadership of our current CEO, Mr. Rudolph Johnson, and in addition to my role here at the Neighborhood House Association as Vice President of Training Organization Development, I lead our consulting arm, which is InnoVisions, as their general manager. And in that capacity, we provide training and, um, coaching and facilitation services to other organizations worldwide. I've had the honor of uh, working with the Center for Creative Leadership for 20 years as an executive coach and continue to do that work now under the, um, and a Visions arm as part of the consulting work I do. And then also been an adjunct with a uh national university in the field of human behavior, um, so psychology, for oh, for about twenty years now. So I guess I'm dating myself too, Andre, huh? <laughs> and I've had yes. the honor and the pleasure of partnering with uh Andre on okay. a number of efforts um through the Alliance. So I think that's probably enough about my background. So well, that's great to, you,
1: to hear David. from both of you guys. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so moving along here, um, now that we got you guys' backgrounds and connections to the topic, um, many may not be aware of the concepts of equity, diversity, and inclusion within the context of life in an organization. So could we please provide a short definition for them of each so that they can see how they fit together yet are very different from each other. Uh, Dr. White, could you start us off with this?
2: Sure. Uh, so I think many are familiar with equality, which really kind of equals sameness, looking at ensuring we're treating others uh, or everyone the same. And um, equity looks at fairness, and we kind of believe that um, in order for there to be um, In order for there to be a position for, you know, one might say for there to be equality, we first started with ensuring that our systems are fair. So with equity, we're really looking at our policies, our practices within the organizational system. Are they fair in how they're set up and how power and influence is used within the organization?
1: That sounds great. Um, Dr. Howard, is there anything you'd like to add to this? No, I think
3: Dr. White's kind of pinned it very well. I mean, you know, equity certainly is premised around, you know, just ensuring um, everyone's treated fairly and and that people have access uh, as well uh, to systems uh, on an equal front. So that's really important to certainly think about. As I think about things such as uh, inclusion, um, it really means listing and having uh, lived experiences of everyone, uh, whether it's within the organization or uh, if you're working within the community, just making sure you are um, uh, uh, inclusively aware of, of differences and making sure everyone has a voice and that the voice is heard uh, from their place in space. Um, and then when I delve into the diversity p- piece, it's really about the differences that we all bring to the table. Right, it, it, it certainly is trying to find commonality between all of us, but to also build upon the differences that we each bring to the table too. That can build strength, and that can reaffirm uh, the value that we all bring to the table uh, from an individual. Uh, standpoint. So I, I think they all work together, right? I think you, uh, you know, I would say you can't have one without the other. I think, you know, equity, um, inclusion, diversity, they all work together um, when the machine is well oiled. So I think, you know, they certainly uh, have different uh, uh, places in terms of how they operate. But I think each of the concepts are certainly important as a collective in truly be, being
1: equitable overall. So I think we got to leave off there um, and go to break. Uh, we'll be right back to, to uh, Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Stay tuned.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVision's Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness.
2: Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Shoup, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to matters at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters.
1: And we are back with more on Leadership Matters, uh, bringing you greetings from Neighborhood House. Association in San Diego, California. For those of you who are just joining us, I am not Dr. White. I am David Tolbert, special guest today, and I'm here with co-host Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard as they are joining us today from a different seat. And instead of asking the questions today, they will be answering some of the questions that I have as we explore the topic of successfully advancing equity, diversity, and inclusion initiatives and change commitments. So we left off, Um, Dr. White. I would love to hear uh, your thoughts on how diversity fits within the context of life in an organization.
2: Okay, great. And I think uh, before we went to break, Andre did a great job of maybe touching a little bit on, on diversity, inclusion, and equity. I might just summarize and say I think of diversity as welcoming people from different backgrounds to the organization, inclusion ensures that they have a voice, and it encourages respect involvement and connection uh, within the organization's, uh, you know, life. And, um, again, the equity just ensures that there's just systems and that the power within the organization, how things get influenced, as Andre talked about, is fair and equitable.
1: That sounds great. Um, Now we could move on to uh, Dr. Howard. Can you tell us why this work of advancing EDI in organizations is so important and why leaders should even care about EDI?
3: Um, I think from a human capital market case, I think the key to understand is that as communities are changing across the country demographically, as we see more browning and blacking of communities, um, I think certainly understanding um, uh, organizations having faces that are reflective of communities being served uh, is really critical, right? I think there's a stronger connection. Mission can be. Uh, met much more effectively. There's a business case that backs that up. Um, so I, I clearly see that as we change as a nation demographically, uh, more of the leadership, particularly the nonprofit human serving org, they should also be changing as well. And so there's a, a stronger connection being made. Uh, there's a lived experience that's probably a little bit more highly respected and understood. Um, And I think there's just a natural connection. I think, you know, one pivot point that I'll make here, of course, is that, you know, my white brothers and white sisters, as I talk about this particular market, human capital case, you know, they rightly challenge me and say, well, you know, our organization is primarily white and I'm white. Are you are you asking that I step aside to allow a person of color um, in the leadership role? And, And I say, no, it's not about that. It's about making sure, though, that as you recruit for new leaders and, and, and for new, um, uh, uh, you know, human talent, human capital talent, that at least you have a sense of making sure that you reach broad and wide to make sure that you uh, recruit leaders who certainly are different uh, from a racial background, sexual orientation, um, gender, obviously, differently abled uh, perspective, uh, that you're very inclusive of, of making sure that, you know, your organization is reflective in terms of leadership, that of the community. What I need you to do as a white leader is to be an ally um, and to be someone who can support and someone who will tell the message throughout the organization that we want to be EDI uh, ready and prepared. And so I think, you know, the market case, uh, human capital case is really, really important. Um, in terms of that. And the other piece I'll just say quickly is the economic case, right, which is the idea that, you know, that when when we tap into uh, robust, diverse talent pools, um, uh, the organization is stronger. It's more efficient. It's more effective because you have different perspectives, different views, different voices, uh, different lived experiences coming into play that can be uh, shared, that can be learned from from others who are not part of that play. And I think it just makes uh, for a more robust and vibrant organization when you can really, uh, you know, tap into the differences and make those those pieces shine. So I think, you know, for me, those are probably a couple of the more important reasons of why leaders should be paying attention to uh, ensuring that their, their organizations um, are equitable, diverse, uh, and representative of community uh, that's being served.
1: That is great to hear. Um, Dr. White, is there anything you'd like to add to this topic?
2: Well, you know, I I appreciate uh, what Dr. Howard has um, stated. I think that um, I'll say right on uh, to each of uh, those uh, statements. And I might add um, that ethical leadership, when we look at how it's defined, um, it's a process by which a good person rightly influences others to accomplish a common goal to make the world better, fairer, and more humane and um and so when we look at concepts such as the um, you know success franklin covey has a entire um might say um art of um of uh, delivering with regards to the success happening at the speed of trust and when we Um, one aspect of that speed of trust is intent. And when our intentions or our motives are genuinely about caring about the people and they underscore our behaviors as acting in the best interest of everyone, then um, success within the organization, success as a community, success as a nation is um, best um, in its um, way of moving forward. So I think overall effectiveness is best when practices of diversity, inclusion, and equity are at play.
1: Moving right along here, that's great to hear, Dr. White. Um, Dr. White, can you share uh, your thoughts on how an organization might go about starting an EDI initiative?
2: Mm, Okay, it's a great question, uh, David. Uh, and I think organizations can, um, you know, they're start in, in different places. I like to always start with the end in mind, which means a vision. And so, you know, I might challenge the organization to think about um, why they're engaging in an in a equity, diversity, and inclusion initiative and to think about um, when they've been successful and their implementation of that commitment, what is it that they want to see, and, um, and using a framework to kind of go along with that, rather it's a culture shift initiative framework, such as modeling, supporting, and rewarding. We say the culture becomes whatever is being modeled, so what are the leaders within the organization saying and doing? What do we need to have them say and do in order to achieve the vision um, of that EDI initiative, um, And then what needs to be supported, support meaning what trainings might need to be in place, what updates might need to happen to performance evaluations, what might need to be emphasized in coaching and um, rewarded. How do we, you know, individuals and people, you know, um, do things, their psyches, psyches are intentional beings. So we do things in order to get our needs met. We do things that are beneficial to us. So, if we're engaging in an organizational change effort around EDI, how are we going to be intentional about making it beneficial for people to enroll in behaviors that support it? So, having um, some type of acknowledgement, you know, so, again, the question in one framework might be, you know, what are we going to model? What are we going to support? What are we going to reward as relates to our EDI initiative, uh, some organizations may start with an assessment. They look at, you know, what is currently happening uh, within the organization that supports equity, diversity, and inclusion, and that assessment might create or might um, then become a roadmap for advancing uh, that initiative. Other frameworks, the culture humility uh, framework, might also be helpful. Where. It has three areas to it, lifelong critical self-reflection, so how the, how do the people within the organization currently engage as it relates to helping others feel valued and appreciated and um, doing something so that they become more, much more intentional about how they show up in their interpersonal interactions. That second area around um, or say second bucket, one might say, to that cultural humility model. It's recognizing and challenging power imbalances for respectful partnerships. So how are people um, recognizing?
1: We've got to leave it right there. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, oh, no we worries. have to go to break. Uh, okay. We're going to take a short break. Please stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
0: America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business friends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice america business channel think you've seen everything there is to see in online television let us surprise you visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports health business and more on demand 24 7 when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network
1: We are back with more on Leadership Matters, Bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. For those of you just joining us, I am David Tolbert, your host for today, with co-host Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard, as they are my special guests for today. Um, And they're answering questions as guests as we explore the topic of Successfully Advancing Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion initiatives, and change commitments. So um, as we explore this topic, uh, Dr. Howard, um, what are your thoughts on how an organization might go about starting an EDI initiative?
3: I think Dr. White probably captured it quite well. By the way, Dr. White is the master teacher in this arena, and I'm just one of her students, and so she's taught me a great deal uh, in this space. But I I think, you know, I think it's critical to also ask the question if you are ready to start this journey, right? If, we, if you're going to engage in an EDI uh, project or process or uh, or this journey, you know, to prepare yourself to take the journey. It's not a perfect journey. Uh, there are going to be mistakes along the way, uh, but I think it's a necessary one to take. But just be prepared to learn, push back, uh, admit that you're wrong sometimes, to allow tolerance to take place. Um, I, I think uh, certainly just to add to, uh, again, a few other things that Dr. White had brought to, to bear is that uh, especially within an organization, uh, EDI um, has to have leadership buy-in from the top, uh, although I have seen some examples of, of middle managers, emerging leaders, push EDI within the organization that kind of um, pushes the hand of leaders to address it but um, but leadership from the top need to be, needs to be on on the same playbook uh, for making sure EDI moves forward. Um, I would also say you would want to probably uh, ensure me- measurement of some 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 type that you're collecting data along the way, whether that's collecting uh, qualitative stories or putting measurements in place in terms of goals that you want to um, engage in around the EDI journey, I think is important. And then I think lastly, I'll just add, visibility is also critical, right? That if we're going to do this, let's make sure our commitment to EDI is clearly reflected somewhere publicly um, within our organization, whether that's on our website, whether that's in our orientation, uh, whether that's uh, our, in our onboarding for new uh, staff, we need to make sure folks understand uh, we have a public commitment uh, to making EDI uh, important within our organization.
1: That's perfect. Thank you both for your insight on that. Um, Dr. White and Dr. Howard, I know you both have worked with several organizations Across the nation, su- supporting the implementation of EDI plans. Are there any common themes that you have noticed among those that have been successful? Um, either of you like to start?
3: Um, I'll just throw my few few cents in there. That Dr. White certainly can add here. Um, I, I think again, uh, you said the key word um, just a moment ago about having a plan, right? Let's let's make sure we're going to do this. Let's put it in writing. Let's let's start with. A plan I love results uh, based uh, accountability plans, result counts plans, um, you know where we state where we're trying to go up front and then build a pathway to get there. so I think you know in, you know engaging uh, a result count plan I think is really critical if we're going to do this work because it's in writing it gives us a pathway forward so I think it's important. I think it's also important that Um, Some of the the other common pieces that I I have seen working with organizations is to to make the notion that everyone has uh, biases, right, that we need to address our biases. Um, and through maybe that's through some uh, bias training that we take or some assessments that we take, but I think it's important to admit what our biases are as we do this work. I think it's important. I've seen that very common uh, in organizations. Uh, those who admit and can bear out their own biases go further uh, in this journey. Um, I think the other one or two pieces I would just add to this, is I've seen um, common that works within organizations, of course, is. Uh, EDI does not work without money. Put a budget uh, uh, attached to your EDI work right it's more than just saying we are EDI it's really making sure that there's a budget that's attached to the EDI initiative that you want to carry forward um, it's interesting also i'll just and this may be a knock against myself. I'm also probably, and Dr. White, you can help me on this one, I tend to go uh, more against naming someone the EDI uh, director or VP within the organization. For some reason, uh, the EDI title has a connotation that says, oh, that's the person that does our equity work. Let's go to Andre. He does our EDI work. And it's not just a one-person show. Uh, EDI has to be everyone's. Um, uh, show within the organization. So I, I, I push against being titled uh, or titling EDI because I think it sometimes holds a connotation that there's one person in the organization that's responsible for all the EDI initiatives, and that just cannot be the case. EDI has to be a part of the playbook of everyone within that organization. So I certainly um, um, push against uh, thinking about how we use language in terms of of uh, an EDI person. I certainly think a person has to be given the charge. There certainly should be someone in the organization given the charge, but titles make a difference sometimes, too, and so sometimes when we put a title of EDI or diversity initiative officer or whatever, sometimes that person's relegated to a spot um, and everyone tends to say, okay, we've got an EDI person here, they're under, they're over in the corner there, go get him, he'll tell you about our EDI initiatives. No, that's everyone's job to do that, and I think that's important.
1: That's a great way to put it. Dr. White, anything you'd like to add on this topic?
2: Well, you know, I might um, just add and uh, appreciate um, uh, Dr. Howard's voice on that. Um, I'm going to go back to uh, just kind of the framework that Dr. Melody Chevallon uh, and um, Jan Murray Garcia gave us as it relates to the um, cultural humility model. Kind of talked about two of those buckets. Want to go on and complete that process. One of the things that stand out in my mind is organizations that start a um, EDI, Equity, Diversity, Inclusion initiative, and they have a framework in mind. Um, and And I'll connect with Andre on a pre assessment is helpful with regards to figuring out where you are as it relates to readiness and um, mapping out where you're going to go and whether you're going to use an off the shelf assessment or if you. Um, take a framework and uh, develop an assessment that aligns with that framework. Um, either can be a part of that starting process. That lifelong um, critical learning that we talked about in that first bucket really deals with interpersonal skills. If we cannot engage each other um, across what we say without, we might say um, being successful within, our um, sameness is going to be more challenging across differences. So that could be a space in which to start with regards to, in general, how do I show up? Um, that second bucket they gave us really dealt with recognizing and challenging power imbalances for respectful partnerships, so ensuring that that people are aware of their privilege, they're aware of their power, and they know how to use it in a way where they show up respectful and create a space for others' voices and for inclusion within the organization. And that third uh, bucket can really be about our policies and our practices within the organization, so that can just be a basic framework to think about as it relates to leading a um, EDI initiative and maybe implementing a plan uh, so be it this framework um, or another framework um, having something that's going to provide the organization with a roadmap can be helpful
1: and this is a question um, I see this question dr. white um, have you been in any organizations where you've seen this uh, Im- Im- implementation of an EDI plan uh, not go so well?
2: Um. Yeah. So we've, you know, Andre and I've had the pleasure of doing EDI consultations for various organizations across the nation, and um, we have had organizations that felt like their plans were stalled or maybe derailed uh, because perhaps resources weren't uh, put in place. Um, some of the very things that Andre uh, talked about, maybe top leadership was not as engaged, so middle leadership was or um, or those i've you know even um, uh, individual contributors within the organization that didn't have uh, formal influence um, authority may have felt like they were pushing against the um, the grain of the culture to move it forward. I think that's a, a huge burden uh, to carry. Um, but are um, getting started, but then kind of figuring out like what's next. Are people again feeling burnt out because they have their um, their own day to day responsibilities, and EDI may have been added on as an add on responsibility. So I think uh, we've we've definitely have seen organizations that have um, had those challenges. And that has then kind of led to what you just talked about, maybe um, a lack of advancement mm-hmm. until those or, until those uh, situations were addressed.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Um, Doctor Doctor White,
1: I uh, will again to go to you. Uh, what would you say are the greatest challenges you've noticed organizations experience in the EDI advancement journey?
2: yeah so i mean I think the ones that we um just um talked about i might um i might add uh hmm maybe um i I think that still goes back to you know maybe lack of support from the top, lack of resources burnout um I think the other thing is depending upon how it's framed within the organization, framing is real important to not have um, divisiveness uh, within an organization. I love the framing of EDI work around compassion because I think that when we think about treating everyone with dignity and respect and in a way that says, you know, we're we're listening and we're engaging in a way where a person feels, wow, you know, you understand me. You get the sense that that you're being felt. You know, I, I feel like you get me and I want to be, and, and I feel like, um, like when someone's engaging, they want to help, uh, which is really the hallmark of um, compassion, then the EDI work works, and it's not about um, differences as much as everyone being human and everyone being um, embraced with a um, way of engagement that feels better and inspires them to want to contribute more
1: that's that's great to hear great to hear
2: um,
1: well uh we're gotta we gotta take a short break guys uh please stay tuned and we'll be right back with more on leadership matters informing leaders inspiring solutions.
0: Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the neighborhood house association of san diego california funds raised go to support the neighborhood house association's mission developing children families and future leaders of our communities through empowerment education and wellness Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to matters at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters.
1: We are back with more on Leadership Matters. Bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. For those of you just joining us, I am your host today, David Tolbert. And I have special guests, uh, Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. And they're joining us from a different perspective, answering some questions on successfully advancing equity, diversity, and inclusion initiatives and change commitments. Um, as we move into this final segment, are there any final tips either of you like to offer on ways to successfully advance EDI?
3: Um, I can jump in and take a first step at that. I think um, probably critical here would be uh, making sure we allow for tolerance, right, that we allow for errors to be made, mistakes to be made. Language may not always be correct. Uh, some actions may even misalign to what our true intentions uh, we're meant to be, so I would ask as we think about a, a a tip to just ensure that we all have a sense of tolerance as we go down this journey because we're all going to make mistakes uh, along the way and i think if if I make a mistake, I mean you know um I think I should be made aware of it, um, and then there should be some engaged dialogue around that, and then an opportunity to to rebound from that 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 perspective. so I think you know again, these journeys are not perfect, but I think if we could allow each other some tolerance to, to, to make a mistake or to say the wrong word or to use the wrong language, I think that would go a long a long way. Um, the other tip, of course, is just make sure everyone understands that everyone in that organization who might be different than you also have a learned, has a learned experience, right? They've got a lived experience, uh, something that they bring to the table from their upbringing um, through their own socialization processes into school, uh, jobs, careers that they bring to the table. And I think the more we can um, hear the stories of others, uh, regardless of how different uh, that individual may be uh, on the outside, um, I think it's important to be able to to listen to others uh, who have a lived experience that might be different than mine. There's a lot of sharing that takes place. There's a lot of commonality that, that takes place. But more importantly, those differences that sometimes are, are present can be a very powerful tool to advance our learning of each other uh, as we kind of advance down this EDA pathway. So I, I would just, uh, uh, you know, uh, lend those a few tips out um, as something to think about as we kind of move along the way here.
1: Uh, Dr. White, do you have any final tips you'd like to offer?
2: Uh, yes. You know, I, I would um, add to that just, uh, which kind of goes hand in hand with Andre's talking, and that's his patients. Uh, it is a process. And... Um, And it takes time. So being patient with the time it takes to um, engage in this process. And I'll say hurt people hurt people. So it becomes important for each individual to also seek their own healing and to be compassionate toward themselves. And I'll underscore what I said previously about compassion. Um, Very often if we can engage from a space that says, you know, I understand you, I feel you, I get you, I want to help you. It can be very disarming and can be very helpful. And then last, I'll say, you know, sometimes we you get started on an initiative, you might have a lot of people at the table, and then before you know it, you only have a few. So I always um, kind of go back to Margaret Mead's quote with regards to, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. So uh, stay encouraged and uh, keep on keeping on.
1: That's great. Great advice from both of you. Um final question. Uh for those who'd like to learn more about this topic or follow up with either with either of you, how might they do so? Well, um, for me it's uh pretty easy. My I, I can give my email
3: address if that's okay, and that's you howard at alliance one the number one dot org. That's you howard at alliance one dot org. So feel free to uh, email me, drop me a question or um, you know, if there's a time you'd like to connect, certainly just to let me know that. That'd be great. I love sharing. Uh, we've learned so much um, in a, from our network around the EDI, and I'd love to share with others who might be interested in doing that uh, as well. Uh, incidentally, we also have some opportunities for uh, continued learning. I know Dr. White and I and others are going to be doing an EDI tour on the road, starting late September into October. Um uh, we're, we're going to visit, uh, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Chicago, Illinois, New York, and San Diego. So, um, more information is forthcoming, but certainly you can go to our website, alliance1.org, alliance1, that's the number1.org, and information should be up, uh, next week, um in terms of our, uh, tour date. So we are going to kind of spread this love and, uh, take a little bit about what we've learned over the years and be able to share with others and to allow others to bring themselves into this as well uh, and hopefully uh, make a very powerful experiment so I, so those are just a couple of things to kind of keep in mind as we um, want to connect and kind of grow together so great.
2: that's
3: great. How about you,
1: Dr what?
2: Yeah, I can be reached at swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Again, that's swhite at org, And um, also can be reached through the Innovisions website, which is www.innovisions.org. And Innovisions is I N N O V I S I O N S, again, dot org. And uh, David, I want to just take this time to thank you for yes, uh, being yes. our host today. Uh, I know this is your Good first job. time uh doing this, you 've done a great job i i can 't remember when I did it the first time it was nerve wracking <laughs> and um, been learning through that journey and still still trying to uh improve as i as I do so so hats off to mm-hmm. you and thank you for being our fabulous host today
3: yes, thank you
2: yeah no, I, and uh, andre. Yes, Ditto. Andre. Thank you also for joining us as a special guest. I appreciate yeah. your yeah. Uh, being in the. Always um, I love all the many yeah. uh, events that we, um, that we do together. I say people learn and grow from interaction with each other, and it's always quality right. interaction when I have Absolutely. the uh, opportunity to engage with you. So yep. it has again, been a blast. I, I
3: can't say I can't say enough mm-hmm. about Dr. White. Again, she is truly considered. Uh, one of uh, a great ambassadors with this work and so much other uh, talent and content that she has dropped in our network for nonprofit human serving organizations. She is definitely respected and revered uh, in our network uh-huh. as a go-to expert um, uh, talent. And so we appreciate all that Dr. White has done across this country and just want to thank her for her, her knowledge and sharing that with us as well.
2: Well, thank you, Andre. It's always a pleasure. And thank you to our listening audience. We appreciate your tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions.
0: Thank you again for tuning in.